sisters, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match us. Here's how we practice. The last order conversation. David Jason. Hey, everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. And this is Patrick McCarty. And this week. Newhart finale versus Parks and Rec finale. Yeah, this is uh, unprecedented because this is actually uh, the second time we're talking about Parks and Rec. We did an episode on Parks and Rec before, but I think it was worth it to talk about the finale. Yes, and uh, what do we what we compare Parks and Rec to before? I honestly don't remember. Um, I think it was The Godfather. Well, we talk about Parks and Rec almost every week because it's, it's been a favorite of both of ours for most of its run. Yeah, you didn't true. like the first season, but after that, you you started liking it. So yeah, no, I I mean I I literally thought the first season was shit. As I've said, I I didn't think it was good at all. Um, once they got rid of the no charisma dude, who was much too much of a uh, a sitcom cliche with the you know will they won't they type thing with him and Anne. Um, well, it was, but he also had the will they won't they with Leslie and with Leslie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, right. He wasn't with Anne, was he? He was eventually. He, but yeah. At first, if at first they had set up the will they won't they, with in the first season it was will they won't they with Leslie. Yeah. But then the second season he put it, he put them together with Anne, and I thought he left. Was he left better. like mid season, second season, right? Yeah, right when Adam Scott and Rob Lowe showed up, he was gone. Yeah, and which was a much <clears> better <throat> choice. I mean, I'm sure the dude's nice, but he had. He had no personality, his character, anyway, so... Yeah, I, I didn't mind the character as much as you did, but he didn't have a lot to work with. And the same with Anne. I, I thought Rashida Jones was kind of wasted in the show throughout the, the seasons. I thought once in a while that she'd have a good episode, and but she was a good enough actress to do better than the part she was given. For, oh, definitely. Wait, so you thought she was kind of wasted throughout? I thought she had some really good some really good scenes, and she had a pretty, oh, pretty defined character. I just, don't, I just didn't think her character had enough to do in the show no like they had to think of reasons to have her at the office and finally gave her a job there yeah just yeah <clears throat> they had to kind of pigeonhole her in and they needed to do that because the actress is so funny yeah so it worked i thought she was great but i just didn't think that there was a lot for her to do wait has but, her has her new show started on pbs or tbs or whatever it was i don't know i know i don't either i haven't heard anything about it but i'd like to check it out I know she executive produced that show that is already over the. Oh, I forget the name of it, but it, it star. It was the one where the 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 people were in love and they were in offices right next to each other, and it was not that great. Oh, that was terrible. Yeah, I can't remember. I know. I know what you're talking about. But yeah, was, I didn't. I I I kind of liked Mark Brandanowitz, so I don't hate him as much as you did. But of course, I liked the first season, so it makes me odd altogether yeah but apparently i think that actor was a little bit i can't tell if he was bitter or if he's just a serious actor i read an interview with him and they mentioned that michael when he was originally written off the show share michael share the one of the creators of parks and rec said well this we wrote him off the show but it's kind of he we we have in our mind that we'll bring him back at some point because that's how government workers is they go in and out of working for the government and working for private companies and so we have plans to bring him back and they told this actor, dude, I don't remember his name, but and he's like, oh, that's nice of him to say, but I don't ever want to go back. So he, he was kind of pulled a, like a Larry from Get a Life, where he thought he was kind of too good for the, for I the show. I guess, yeah. 
<laughs> well, Larry from Get a Life was too good for the show. <laughs> so was everyone on the show. Jason Robards Jr., but he never went on to do anything, as far as I no, know. I, I think he's produced things. I don't. I don't know for a fact he left. So he left. I thought he got written off. I thought, oh, from what I heard, he he wanted out. Okay. And he thought the show was a little bit beneath him and a little too weird. So, <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe he should have read that first script. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Or the other dozen scripts that he was in. <laughs> anyway, we're we're talking a little bit too much about Parks and Rec. Yeah, because we're starting on Newhart. Newhart, yeah. Which, uh, you know what? I damn it! I should have looked up um, when this ran because. I think this last episode was uh, was eighty four. No, it was it, it started in eighty two, and the last episode was nineteen ninety. Oh, was it that fucking late? Yep. Oh Jesus! I was gonna say for like for the eighties, it was. Uh, you're right. Yeah, nineteen ninety. For if this was eighty four, this was pretty fucking surreal for. <laughs> uh, a major sitcom at that time, even for I 1990, think, it was. Yeah, I was just gonna say it was very, sur- especially not running on Fox. It right, was super surreal. Even because well, Twin Peaks started in '90, which was obviously super surreal. But but yeah, but yeah this was this was not during the run of its show. I don't think it was especially weird. There, like this no, episode. no, yeah, this one. <laughs> and I was I was shocked. I laughed quite a few times during this episode. I was too. I not. I wasn't shocked because I remember liking this show a lot, but I didn't. I wasn't sure it would hold up because the Peter Scolari and Julia Duffy characters are kind of over the top. But it doesn't matter; they're still funny. Well, Peter Scolari is so good. Yeah, I guess I that's part of it. Yeah. And uh, Julia Duffy's, you know, she's fine. But I, I know I was thinking, watching this, like, why did Peter Scolari not get bigger? He was. He's really fucking good. <laughs> but maybe there he's were... just happy with what he did. I don't know. Like the some of the jokes, I was they were just like so weird for a network sitcom. Like uh, when they were trying to de- decide the uh, the official town fish, and George is that the Tom uh, Poston? Is that his character's name? The handyman, yes, George Utley. Yeah, yeah. He said he thought the bullfrog should be the official town fish. Which you're just like, what the fuck are you even talking about, dude? <laughs> And then the response, of course, was funny as well. Yeah, because they they did have the flying squirrel as the official town bird. Yeah, uh, and that town is it, it kind of made me think that this was a really good choice to compare to to Parks and Rec because the town's characters were so off the wall, just like Pawnee characters. Yeah, and and very well defined as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're just well, the only difference is Pawnee doesn't have a. Bob Newhart. There's no sane person in Pawnee. Ever. Right. I was gonna say it's so obvious that uh, Bob Newhart is the one sane man um, on this show. And I was a little worried. I like I said, I didn't remember the show that well. And I was a little worried that there was going to be a, a bunch of racist Japanese jokes when it started with the guy. The guy told like a joke using like the L instead of R's or whatever it is, like making fun of their accent. And I was like, oh god, what's going on here? But immediately they made fun of that guy for being an idiot. Right, right. So I thought that was, I was like, okay, this show is much better than I remembered. Not yeah, much better, it's, it's much better than I expected something from the 80s to be. Even, yeah, and even the Japanese stuff that, that they did do wasn't, it wasn't racist, like it was... No, not at all, it was funny. It was very much of its time for network TV portrayal, but it, yeah, it was fine. Like Oh, of, of, the, the whole idea of 
a Jap the Japanese coming in and buying everything is a, a very very eighties. I mean, pe- yeah. people in the 80s were obsessed with the Japanese taking over. So it was a, it was definitely of its time. Like if someone made that sitcom now, people wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't make any sense because that's not really a part of the, the, the culture. The, yeah. Yeah. It, well, and, and, you know, like the, the joke of, um, this isn't breakfast, this is bait. You know, that's, a, that's very of its time too. Like sushi yeah. was not a huge thing back then. So, um, yeah, I, I, there was there was a line that I wrote down that to me was straight out of Get a Life. Like that's how <laughs> that's how weird it was, and it was when Michael was saying goodbye to the Loudons. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. He said, "Pray, may I nuzzle your napes that I might remember your <laughs> scent." Oh my God, yes! <laughs> and I just busted out laughing at that. <laughs> What's great is that that wasn't a a standalone thing. They kept that going with with George coming and and being forced to smell them. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, very shockingly good to me this episode. Um, and and I don't know, Bob Newhart never missteps in his in his uh, readings or anything. No, he's he's got like that timing down better than anybody. So. Yeah, I think I thought this episode was just memorable for the ending. The ending where right, he very... up in his, his uh, bedroom from the original sitcom. But the whole thing is, is worth watching. It really was. Because, funny. because all I knew of it was the ending. Like, I don't even know if I saw it first run, but everybody knows what the ending is. Yeah, it's one of the most famous finales of all time. And I, I think I thought... I wanted to compare it to Parks and Rec because Parks and Rec finale was really good. And I think I thought it was, it was going to be like, oh... I mean that was a great ending, but it wasn't a great. But it was a great episode. It was funny all the way through. It was. I mean, they could have gone really sappy with it, which they didn't, thankfully, because mm-hmm. the townspeople are all just such jackasses. Yeah, I, I think some shows work going sappy, but this would not work at all. No. Oh, an early appearance of um, Kat, uh, what's her name? Julie? No, Kudrow. Lisa Kudrow as as one of Daryl, Larry, and Daryl's wives. Oh no! Sh- I didn't even pick that up. Yeah, she was the one in the middle. They were they were Not terrible. The one they lot. were terrible people. That was great. They were like these Long <laughs> Island, like stereotypical Long Island chicks with the big teased hair and yeah. And, and really, if that if they were casting that now, Jenny Slate would be one of them. Jenny's <laughs> perfect. Mona Lisa. Um, yeah. Uh, shit. Well, I I feel like I was gonna say something else about the. Oh well. Uh, and you finally got to hear uh, Daryl and Daryl speak, <laughs> even if it was only one line. And I was—I knew—I knew what that line. I knew that was coming because I kind of remember. I—I've I, definitely seen this episode because I remember lots of bits and pieces. Although the ending was a, a was a, a bit different than I thought. Anyway, so I—I I thought I remember them saying "shut up," and I think it was much better that they just said "be quiet." Yeah, yeah. I oh, I know. See, I actually remembered it as "shut up." Even though I just watched it, so yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, well, you talk about you talk about um, series finales that are that are iconic. This is definitely one, along with I would say I don't know, Mash, Seinfeld, The Sopranos. Not not that many. Like a lot of, and Seinfeld maybe you know that's definitely and The Sopranos. There there are split opinions on those. Like half the people hated them. And half the people thought they were cool. Um, I think my problem with the Seinfeld finale is not the story; it's just all of the clips. The clips, yeah, yeah. And if you if you break it up like in uh, in syndication, 
the the clip show is its own episode, so it's fine. Like then you can just watch it, you know, without without the clips. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Um. Uh, but yeah, like it's it's kind of surprising when you think about it. Like there's not that many series finales that are memorable, which should be what you're going for, I would think, with the series finale. But the ones that are memorable are talked about for years. Like people still talk about this new heart. People still talk about the the final. I never watched it, but I know what the final ending of Seen Elsewhere was. Yeah, same here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's another one. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it, it, when when the job is done well, it's remembered for a long time. It's it's I think it's remembered by even more people than watch the show. Or when the job is done terribly, as in the case of Saint Elsewhere. Oh, was, I didn't know. I think people really hated that. Oh, I thought people liked it. No, because it, it was like the whole thing was a dream. You know, it's the biggest cop out in in all of storytelling. Not even a dream. You know, some. I mean, that's what Newhart was. The whole thing was a dream. <laughs> but it worked so. Because Newhart had something to go back to that was guess, already in the yeah. culture. That I but mean, this wasn't a, a, a kid that was in an episode earlier in the show. It was an autistic? It was all an autistic? Yeah, it was head. one of the doctor's sons. Okay, and, and it was all in his head. Um, he was like looking at a snow globe, and that's where Saint Elsewhere was taking place in his head <laughs> in that snow globe. So, and so, I mean, we've seen the website where so many other shows are taking place in that snow globe. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, even The Simpsons, The Wire. Um, yeah. Oh, The Wire has a connection. Yeah, the because Munch, Munch, Munch is in appeared the wire. on the on an episode of The Wire, and you know. He, oh man. Yeah. So so <laughs> as well as Homicide and Law and Order and and all that. Yeah. Um, and The Simpsons. And The Simpsons. But uh, yeah, yeah. No, that I mean that's just. I think people kind of kind of resent that. That type of thing, you know, they did the same thing on Dallas with Jr. getting shot. Um, oh, and it the way all they fixed up, it, yeah, yeah, being a dream. Yeah, I don't know. I I like I like that story idea. I don't. I mean, I don't need it to be every finale, but there's been a couple sci-fi. Like, there's an episode of Buffy where uh, she's in a mental institution in the real world, and everything that's happened on the show previous to it was just in her head. Oh shit! No shit. What what season was that? Uh, I don't remember. I mean, so wait, ever the entire series up to that point had been a dream. If you believe that one episode, because it's, it's not like it was the final episode, so stuff went on after that. But yeah, that's that was the point of it. Like she was she was in a uh, under a medication in a mental institution. And in but with that show, I feel like even like not having watched it all the way through or anything, I feel like he probably left it more ambiguous as to you know how, oh, yeah. how much yeah. of it was because I'm sure they continued storylines after that that had gone oh, before. Oh, of course, and stuff, yeah. So, I guess yeah. that's the difference. The, the ambiguity. But there's also a famous episode of Deep Space Nine, which I've never seen, but the write-up of it makes it sound a lot like it's a lot of fun. That the entire, the entire run of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, I guess, presumably the entire run of all Star Trek was in the mind of a writer in the 1950s, a TV writer, either a TV or magazine writer in the 1950s. Rod Serling? No, played by, uh, I forget the guy's name, the guy, the star of Deep Space Nine, the guy that played uh, maybe Avery Brooks is his name, something like that. Speaking of uh, R.I.P. Leonard Nimoy. Ah, yeah. That, that was sad. But, you know, he lived a very long yeah, and fruitful pretty, life. So pretty cool that he he knew he was dying and put a great tweet up and didn't ruin it by putting another tweet after. 
Yeah. Like, I guess it was like two or three days before he died. He has like this really wonderful quote about life. And then it's not like three days later, he retweeted someone saying, I want to, <laughs> I don't know, a video of somebody wiping their butt. Or, yeah. Uh, some cat licking a tortoise. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, like Harris, Harris Whittle's last tweet. I mean, obviously he didn't know he was going to die, but it still was such a perfect last tweet was, remember my email is Harris Tweedles at gmail.com. <laughs> Did you did you listen to? Sorry, we're going off on tangents, but did you yeah, listen did. to the last comedy bang bang? Yeah, 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 that was, that was really good. Made you a little sad, and once again, I laughed at him constantly. That he just said such dumb shit, but it was. <laughs> I laughed with them. <laughs> well, yeah, no, same. I, but I, I did like the story where uh, he's like uh, Ackerman's like I, he talked to. I don't know how the. Where, where the story came from and it's like just some some uh, comedians want to be really serious and, and Harris is like motherfuckers just want to laugh you don't have to be, you don't have, not everybody has to be Louis CK you can be just doing funny shit yeah which which I always appreciate there's so few like that who are just straight up goofy yeah yeah and he definitely was um yeah anyway uh the new heart finale yeah it was Wait, just to go back to that comedy bang bang. Did you think that when they were reading the schedule that Ackerman was really like not wanting to do it, or was that a bit? No, I think he he found it really stupid and boring. I think you're right because at the beginning he 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 actually mentioned that he said to he said to him he didn't like it, but I I thought it was really funny. I did too. I thought the whole episode was funny. There, here's the thing about that episode. Like at the beginning. Uh, he came on and talked, and he was obviously pretty choked up, although he didn't oh, really acknowledge it, it. Yeah, yeah, you could totally hear it in his voice. But he said, he said, um, yeah, things get really dark towards the end. And I listened, and I was like, I don't remember anything getting dark during that episode. So I, I don't know what he was referring to, but maybe you oh, caught it. Oh, yeah, he, he was talking about the, the, the girl gave him a blowjob and she's dead. Oh, that, yeah, but that's that seems like... That seems like classic Harris Whittles <laughs> type story. Yeah, but story. I, didn't, I, I thought it was just kind of dark that the girl was dead. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> and then um, you when think he about said, now, uh, there's, there's three people in that story. There's only one li- still alive. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, when he said dark, I had thought maybe Harris Whittles had gone into like a bunch of drug humor or something. That's why I was uh, like, yeah, oh, but see. no. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, Newhart. For now, the the one thing I found kind of weird was that um, Joanna. I thought, um, which it didn't bother me, but I thought she was kind of out of character there at the end when she was going into the total Japanese thing, and <laughs> um, and kind of like ignoring Dick in a way. Yeah. Yeah. But it worked. Like, I, it worked for the ultimate payoff as well. That, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It, it, everybody ignoring him was perfect for him waking up from the dream. And we should mention that's how dreams are. Yeah, we should mention this is on YouTube. That's how we watch it, so you can totally watch the last episode of New Heart. And, you should have uh, seen it already. Yeah, well, but you know we have a lot of younger listeners um, who probably don't even know it was a show, so you you should check it out. It's pretty damn. Funny. And I don't think you need to see any other episodes. I mean, I'm sure it's fine if you do, but yeah, no, just just it's watch funny this on one. its own, and you, you don't, don't even need to, any background on it. Yeah, that's, You'll that's get what it. I was getting at yeah another great line was tom post and george he's he said that um he was working on he he had some land and he was working on building an amusement park for handymen and he goes then i sobered up 
I I feel like the the people the guy who played the mayor and his little assistant have been in other things, but I I don't I can't for the life of me I can't think of what. But they were really funny. They were, and the yeah, the, his assistant had really good line readings as well. Um, the one guy I missed, I don't know if you remember from the run of Newhart, but like Dick had this. Uh, I guess it was a well, Michael was a producer. Maybe it was the director. Uh huh. And uh, he would always his catchphrase was, which even at the time I was like, oh, this is pushing the envelope. His catchphrase was. Um, Whatever you say, dick. I don't know if you remember <laughs> that guy. No. He would always read it like that. <laughs> anyway. Um, the, the other thing that oh, I always liked about this show is the theme music. Oh, yeah. I like the theme music, too. Henry Mancini is just... Oh, was that Mancini? Yes. Oh, it figures. It's really good and memorable. Yeah. 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 He didn't. He didn't do anything bad. And even the uh, Larry, my other brother, Daryl, my other brother, Daryl, which was like the Kramer entering and getting applause, you know? Yeah, yeah. The, even then, like, he had enough good lines, Larry, that you didn't mind. So I much. don't know if if it, that would be true in the actual episodes, like the regular episodes of the final season, because it it's kind of... That kind of character kind of grates after a while, but in this episode, it was fine, yeah. Yeah, well, I think they used him pretty sparingly in, the, okay. well, in all that, the episodes as well. I thought that final season, they owned, like, a restaurant next door. Oh, they did they the whole in... time. But Oh, okay. They did. Yeah, I they... thought that was that was later. I thought, like, in the original, they lived in a cabin or something. No, no, they didn't, they didn't own it the whole time, because the, originally there was, like a, like, a love interest for Julia Duffy own that restaurant oh shit you're right yeah but but they did own it for a while it was okay. yeah it i think they did live in a shack at some point okay um and then they opened their critters uh restaurant yeah it's uh, oh i see i'm looking at the wikipedia wikipedia page now there the guy that owned that restaurant was only there the first two seasons yeah yeah that that seems right the it is it is a good like a good concept for a show that is not used enough, like I said, the one sane man and then everybody else is crazy. Like 30 Rock kind of did that, although Liz Lemon was very neurotic as well. So Yeah, but I think Bob Newhart could be crazy in some episodes too. I, I, he was the one sane man and it, it usually works out. Yeah, well he, he was crazy because he had really weird uh, sense of integrity, I think, that just didn't mesh with the modern world as much. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I super enjoyed watching this, and which is especially from a sitcom of the time. Uh, there's not many that I I would go back to and watch happily. And I don't think I realized that it ran for so long eight years. That's that's a a significantly long run. It really is. Uh, let's see the original Bob Newhart show. I don't even think that lasted that long. That was only six seasons. So, I I I would not have guessed that the second show was more was a a bigger success. Longer, than the first. yeah. Well, I, I, I think I would say it was. I think even still, the the original Bob Newhart show much more iconic than than Newhart was. But um, I think yeah. Well, just the fact that in the in Newhart that they used the original shows. <laughs> Right, right. I, I I wonder what made it end. Maybe he just didn't want to do that show anymore. Maybe the producers, or I don't know. But it was that's a great show, the original Bob Newhart show. Oh, They're yeah. both good. But uh, 
the well, and what, the, the this, original this, Bob Newhart had kind of the same premise with with the one sane man. Yeah, and it was more more literal because he was the one sane man with actual group therapy around them. <laughs> right. Well, but then even his neighbor neighbor Howard yeah. was crazy. Yeah. I, I guess Suzanne Plachette, his wife, was not was not crazy, but. And the dentist and the secretary weren't crazy. They just they were <laughs> off the wall for different ways. Yeah. They were characters. Jerry was was like supposedly some kind of weird playboy who would hit on his patients a lot, I guess. <laughs> um, which, when you look at him, you're like, really? But <laughs> R.I.P. Marshall Wallace. R.I.P. Marshall Wallace. Miss Krabappel. Crab uh, Krabappel. I've been pronouncing it Crabapple all these years. One of my favorite tricks I've heard of The Simpsons. I know it's we. Have we done a Simpsons episode? I can't even yeah. remember. Oh, we did. Okay. We did. Sim- we should. We could do another one. We did Simpsons versus uh, Bob's Burgers, I think. Oh, but yeah, one of my faves. We we still haven't done a Brooklyn Nine Nine episode. We should. We should do. Are that you sure? Versus, I thought like... we did Brooklyn Nine Nine versus Bar- Barney Miller. Oh shit! You're probably right. Okay, I was gonna say that would be a good one to do against Cop Rock or something. <laughs> I don't, I've definitely never seen Cop Rock. We could do Cop Rock versus Glee. Although I don't know that I could sit through an episode of Glee. I don't think Glee's on anymore. It still is, yeah. It's it's oh, on it? its last season. It's on like Friday nights. That's why nobody knows it's on. But The uh, the end of this episode was, was famous. Uh, he wakes up in bed next to Suzanne, Suzanne Pulchette. And then, he, uh, and then the very end is clips of them waving to the audience, which is kind of neat. Just to see that there's such a big audience, yeah, it wasn't just a laugh track the whole time through. Which is, I think, why I can take this show's laugh track better than other shows because the laughter actually sounded real. Yeah, yeah, no, it did, and it was never like inserted into weird points like they do when, yeah. when they have laugh tracks. Like people yeah. laughed at what was actually funny. <laughs> but what I thought happened at the end is, I, I mean, I knew about the bedroom scene and all that, and I thought, I thought he woke up the next morning. Went in, into work, and in the elevator, Daryl, Larry, and Larry were Larry, Larry Daryl, and Daryl were working on the elevator at work. And apparently, that comes from an entirely different thing that came out years later. Oh, real? No shit. So it was like a little uh, kind of kind of YouTube type thing or something. Maybe well, not, not quite no, YouTube, but a little short film thing they did after. Yeah, they did. Like I don't know when it was, but they did a, a like a reunion episode of the Bob Newhart show, and it wasn't just. I think maybe it was a clip show, but it was also an entirely new episode. And at the end of that episode, they had this joke of those guys fixing the elevator. Oh, that's cool. So it's kind of like full circle. Snake, yeah, snake eating its own tail. Um, which is is fun. You should watch YouTube YouTube clips of that. That's uh that's always a good time. Snake eating its own tail. Um. R.I.P. Snakes. Snake. R.I.P. Snake. At least Snake's tail. So Julie Brown was a, a recurring character on Newhart. I didn't remember that either. Julie Brown was like the the Homecoming Queen has a gun singer. Yep, she was uh, a co-host, hyper cheerful and annoying co-host. Oh, of Dick's uh, TV show. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow, I don't remember that either. I always liked Julie Brown, so that'd be cool to check some of those out. Yeah, I think so. The entire run of this show is on on YouTube, and I think I think maybe I'll check a couple more out just to see. Yeah, I think I will too. the The guy who put up this uh, final episode, he put up every single episode of New Heart on YouTube, so that's uh, kind of cool, and also kind of um, makes you wonder if he's 
a serial killer. <laughs> I I would not advise watching the first season. I, I remember really, I don't season. I don't remember. Yeah, I remember the first season not being as good because they had the original uh, maid who was not played was by Julia not, Duffy. Yeah, she, she was, was not, not good because she was just a boring character. She there was no uh, there was no conflict there with her. She was like she was perfectly she was just, fine and nice and you know yeah she was she, she was the same uh like rich person doing a, a poor person's job but it wasn't it wasn't i guess it wasn't as big of a contrast or maybe she wasn't as good of an actress i don't well, know she wasn't all resentful about it either i guess that's what yeah. it was and then her cousin so julia duffy plays her cousin and she is resentful yes and and a source of uh great comedy on that show Oh, and oh, uh, reading about this, I didn't know that she was originally in the show in the first season, and then I guess her character was so popular that the producers liked it so much they brought her back. Yeah, that was a smart move. Yeah, and uh, but well, Tom Poston was on the original Bob Newhart show as well, um, <clears throat> and he's another one with he's got that laconic uh, air, but really good timing, just like Bob Newhart. What was he? I didn't know he was in the original. Bob I, I I think he was just he was not a a major character, but he was on a few episodes. I oh I see. I imagine they were friends somehow. Him I, and Bob I'd Newhart. hope so. After doing uh, they did this show, and then uh, Newhart's next show, uh, Poston was also in that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they they would make a good comedy team, I think. But but you really can't. I I don't think you can overstate uh, Bob Newhart's. Uh, his character and his comic timing, which is like impeccable. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, and, he hosted an episode of Saturday Night Live in '95. I'd like to see that. <laughs> I'd love to see that. Is that Norm Macdonald era? Maybe. Yeah, I'd like to Not, check that. Yeah, out. yeah. It sounds sounds about right. Um. Yeah. His the the follow the sitcom that followed Newhart called Bob. I think I saw a couple episodes of it. It was pretty funny. It's I too did, bad it didn't last. Yeah, I remember it, but I didn't watch it. It was like the the like Cosby one that followed the Cosby Show. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, no, unlike that one, I don't think this had Mar- what's her name, Mary Fran, or yeah, it didn't yeah. have this. It didn't have the same. It didn't have the, the same, same actress w- playing the wife. wife. Yeah, yeah, because that had Felicia Rashad again. I think. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I didn't. I did not know about that show until it had been off the air for like ten years, and I saw it, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> Yeah, Bob Newhart, like... It's funny, a, Lisa Kudrow was in Bob as well. <laughs> it, Bob Newhart has a very, like, singular voice in comedy. It's it's very strange. Like, I, I listened to the Mark Maron with him, and he was talking about, like, how he first got into it. And, like, he had barely done any work at all as a stand-up before he made his first record. And because <laughs> some executive saw him, they're like, yeah, let's put you on a on an album. And, and nobody knew who he was, really. Because you know he was doing like little clubs, but but he did the whole thing with the telephone calls and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. um, very more more intellectual, for lack of a better word, than than just uh, joke, joke, joke at the time, joke punchline, you know. Right. Yeah. It was it was a lot more. Uh, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Not theoretical, but um, you know, you know, what I'm saying um, conceptual than mm-hmm. than what else was going on at the time. Sorry, I'm drinking my coffee. Uh, oh, this I didn't know. So he did those phone calls with a partner to start with. 
oh, did he really? I didn't know that either. <laughs> and then the partner ended, and he just decided to keep doing it alone. Well, it's much better with him alone, I think. Yes, yeah. much better. Having to uh, imagine what the other side's saying. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, this was... Uh, this was and and like some stand-up comics, I get. I mean, this was before every stand-up comic got a sitcom. But some stand-up comics really can't handle a sitcom. Bob Newhart could really handle a sitcom. Yeah, well, I think. I mean, I just think, I think his temperament is so different than than a lot of stand-up comics. I mean, you know, look at uh, Chico and the Man. That dude ended up killing himself after like a season. <laughs> that wasn't Chico, was it? That was Freddie Prinze Senior. What? Yeah, he was Chico. Oh, he was? Okay. Yeah, I thought the, he was the man. No, the man was the old dude uh, whose name I can't recall right now. But I've never seen that show. I saw it back, well, back in the 70s, I guess. Um, I feel like it was on the same night as Welcome Back, Cotter, but I could be totally off. Maybe it was Good Times. It uh, doesn't matter. It's not a, not a good show in any case. There's no Sanford and Son. Oh, it, Willy Wonka, well, uh, Charlie, Charlie's granddad played... Yes, yes, that's who who was the Jack man. Jack Albertson. Jack Albertson, yeah. Uh, wasted, wasted on that show. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I, I think we can probably go to a break. I don't have a lot more to say about Newhart unless you do. No, I think I said everything I wanted to say. I, definitely really great choice, a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's about it. All right, well, we'll come right back with uh, Parks and Rec. So stay tuned. We had a comrade, a brave comrade. He could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero. Tried talking about Shamiro to computers wearing earphones. He almost died for conversation. Hallucinations, good vibrations Van Dyke Park's Greyhound Racing Steeplechasing, the Reformation Transubstantiation, Bram Stoker's creation The land of the Thracians And right back to the start It's gonna take some time and patience Back with the season fin- series finale, sorry, of uh, Parks and Rec, and it was fantastic. I like. I guess it. If, go ahead, sorry. But you, I I forgot to mention we were talking about Newhart. There there is a parallel here because the last episode of Newhart also jumps ahead in time five years. I was I was about to say, I guess the lesson you can take from a good season finale is to do stuff in the future. Yep, because they both did that and they did it. I mean, not just five years. It was like. 30 years ahead in Parks and Rec. Some of it, yeah, yeah. Um, But the entire last season was like a jump ahead five years, and then they, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, 30 Rock did it as well in their their season finale. Yeah, yeah, good choice. 30 Rock's season finale didn't, I think overall, 30 Rock in general can't can't hold a candle to Parks and Rec. Really? I'd I'd put them at at about equal. Oh, man, no. I, I loved 30 Rock. I thought it was a great run. I just, I didn't think it was as an effect of a show. Like really? I didn't think the, I thought the episode, some episode could be as funny, but I didn't think they could have as much warmth, as much heart and well, as much substance as Parks and Rec. That's a whole different 
different issue, which I was going to bring up too. But as far as just uh, laughs. Oh, I'm I, just talking about overall quality. Laughs. Well, even laughs. I think Parks and Rec had b- bigger laughs. Ex- uh, I guess there's some with uh, Tracy Morgan. Tracy would... Morgan was always hilarious. Yeah. And yeah. Alec Baldwin could be really funny too. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of laughs in Thirty Rock. I'm not saying I, I. Like I said, I think it was a great show. I just think Parks and Rec was a little. It was a step above. But that's, that was one thing I wanted to talk about that especially hit home when I was watching the finale of Parks and Rec was that it was not a cynical show. It was very, like, heartfelt show. Like, yeah. almost almost like some of those really crappy 80s shows were, except this was actually funny. And, and the, well, not only was it funny, but but the the warmth and, the like, the... the the non the sentimentality was earned. Like it, you could believe that Leslie Nope actually liked everybody that was around her. Yeah, you believed it. No, and and really, when you think about it, that's that's kind of a a major trick to pull off in this day and age because that's not the tone of sitcoms anymore. No, and it, yeah, they didn't. They weren't winking at the sincerity. It was real. It was real, and even Jerry who or Terry or Larry. Um, <laughs> who everybody shit on all the time, you never really felt bad for him because he didn't care, number one, and he had a better home life than anybody else on the show. Well, I think that's why they're so brilliant. They had they started out these jokes. In the beginning, it was, just a, it was just funny to shit on the guy, and then they're like, we're going too far with this. What can we do? And then they gave him this home life. And, I, and that was intentional, which is, you know, sometimes shows do stuff and it's not intentional, but a lot of the well, a lot of the smart things the Parks and Rec did over the years was intentional, and I think that's really cool. But even without that home life, it still didn't come off as mean because Jerry would just laugh it off anyway. Like yeah, he, that's he true. was he was oblivious to that, you know. Like that didn't. And and on top of that, he would screw up all the time. It wasn't. He, yeah, he actually did, and and let off a huge fart when they're <laughs> all hanging out. To, yeah, he was just like kind of an obnoxious, gross dude that you wouldn't want to hang out with. But, but there people did like him underneath. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that was uh, and it really hit home in this episode. Like that that was, it's impressive that they were able to do that. I think in in some way, um, what's the name of the uh, Lennon Parham Jessica Sinclair show? Oh, uh, Keeping House, Keeping. Yeah, some whatever it is, um, Playing House. Else. Uh, they have they have some sincerity in that one too, but it's but it's also very funny. Is that back? I don't think it's back yet. Okay, I but, know it got a second season. Yeah, but their their like friendship you can tell is like really real, you know. Yeah, and the the way they treat other characters in the show is is not always shitty. I, I, yeah, I think that's the problem with not the problem, but something I don't like about some of the popular sitcoms. There's too much hatred between the characters and it, it, it you know it can be funny but it, at some point it comes across as kind of off-putting yes no i agree i agree totally and and parks and rec never really had that uh you know and especially as this, as the show came to a close and their goodbyes were happening and they did the goodbyes and they were really sweet but also really funny and then even april who hates everybody would have her love come out sometimes and i thought that was really neat yeah she would have to i think just to make just to make you like I mean people like the character anyway just cuz she was so snarky and everything. Oh yeah, yeah. Did you watch the, the entire cast was on uh Seth, Seth Meyers, Meyers, I did, yeah. I thought that was 
a great episode of that show. I skipped over it at the beginning, but once they came out on stage, I thought that was a lot of fun. Yeah, same. I'm not watching the monologue or the desk bit, but um, yeah, no, it was really good, and they, and it and they all had to say something nice about uh, one other person, like that was picked randomly. That was very cool. And how cool were, were uh, Chris Pratt had this really sweet, awesome thing to say about. Jim O'Hare, the guy who plays Larry, Barry, whatever. Yeah. And then it just so happened that Jim O'Hare got Chris Pratt, and he had equally awesome things to say about him. And I thought that was so nice. It was. And Adam Scott gave a very heartfelt one as well. But, yeah. yeah. And I, I think Retta got a little ripped off because she got Amy Poehler, and Amy Poehler ended up talking about everybody, not just Retta. Yeah, but, yeah. But, yeah, I... I I th- and I I like that they had that idea to say something, uh, give a toast to someone else in the cast, but it was so sincere what everybody said. It was really neat. Yeah, I, I you know what I really like about Parks and Rec too is like I feel like, um, and they've done this with with other sitcoms as well, where they like write the characters and kind of incorporate the real person in the character. Like like mm-hmm. Adam Scott's character, I feel like is a lot like that. He seems like a super geeky dude who would totally be into Star Wars and inventing his own board game <laughs> or role-playing game, whatever it is. Um, I like that, but he, 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 he might be a little geeky, but he's not geeky enough to actually know what that game is like. Yeah. <laughs> that was his complaint on that show. People ask me how to play. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying, and, and Chris Pratt is a lovable goofball right not not nearly that stupid obviously no but yeah and uh april april's character is well she's probably not nearly as as bad as that in real life yes but did you see her mouth fuck you on tv yes i did (laughs) i'm surprised i got no reaction it was hilarious uh her make it out with jim uh hurley is that his name oh was O'Hare, sorry, was was pretty hilarious too. Funny, yeah. <laughs> Especially the reaction. I I don't know if Chris Pratt saw it because he was right in front of them playing the guitar, but uh, everyone behind them was like just cracking up at it. It was really yeah. funny. Yeah. No. What a what a great show with great characters. Once they got rid of a uh, boring dude. <laughs> now, that season with boring dude, the first half was still good, even with him. That second season. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I still, like, I, I just never cared for him personally, so. Right. But, I mean, because the, there's some episodes of, if you think of it, I can't think of any now, but even before Adam Scott th- got there, there was, there's some good stuff. I don't remember. Ex- oh, and the, the finale, just to, to go back to talking about the finale, they touched on so many things that happened before. I thought that was a lot of fun, too. Like, there's just, just little throwaway lines, like, uh, Retta, or what is, uh, what is her character? Uh Oh, Donna. April and Donna are sitting and they, they're talking about uh, vacations. And they talk about Venezuela. And like, oh, it reminds me of the time we went there. And I was like, that was one episode in this. In the, I think that was in the first season. And they're bringing that up in the finale. That's so cool. Oh, I didn't even remember that they had actually gone. I thought it was like some reference to some future trip they took, you know? No, there's an episode where uh, a city in Venezuela is a, a sister city to Pawnee. And Fred Armiston plays a character who's like <laughs> in the government from Venezuela, and they come to Pawnee, and everything is, is crap. It's not really a great episode. It's okay. But uh, everything is crap there, and it's, you know, why are you so poor? We have so much money. And at the end of the episode, um, Donna and April go to visit them. Oh, that's Yeah, that is cool. Um, 
yeah, nice to see. <laughs> well, sorry, bringing it back to Seth Meyers, um, I thought it was pretty funny at the end when John Glazer came out too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's the like somebody on on this message board we like did a poll on like who's your favorite Parks and Rec character, but they listed every character and like of course Ron Swanson's going to win that, but I think you need to do main cast versus secondary characters because I don't think you can really compare Jean Ralphio, who's fucking hilarious, to the people who are on every single episode. Right? You know? Yeah, it's a different it's a different thing because in a lot of ways you don't want to pick Jean Ralphio over Andy because he's he's not really likable. Right. Andy's likable. <laughs> but I did like Jean Ralphio's uh, future. Yeah, <laughs> where he faked his own death for insurance money, and you knew it was coming, but it was still really funny how it got there. <laughs> I was kind of I kind of had the idea when Horatio Sands was doing the, uh, the, the speaking for the wedding. Yes. In the the first flashback, I kind of thought he was going to be in every flashback, like playing a different character. So I thought that would have been awesome, but it wasn't because it would have fit because it seemed like every flashback had like a funeral or a wedding and you know, but anyway, but yeah, I, I I knew John Ralphio was faking his own death. But it didn't matter because how they did it was really funny. And John Ralphio's horrible. His sister Mona Lisa is about more horrible by a factor of ten. <laughs> but still, I mean, I love J.D. Slate. I, yeah, they're yeah. both so good. There's so many good secondary characters on the show. Yeah, the casting they got on this show is excellent too. On 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 all all levels. Oh yeah, the the um. The, she's not a news anchor, but she has her own little talk show. Jean Calamezzo. Yeah, who is just a drunken mess, but was hilarious as well. And and she's similar to Purd, who who was just an idiot, uh, who probably couldn't even speak if he wasn't reading off cue cards. <laughs> and there's the accountant who's constantly disappointed by adam scott's character for not taking a job at his accounting firm but loved him so much and admired him because he thought adam scott was hilarious with his incredibly stupid cpa jokes (laughs) mostly puns puns yeah (laughs) i'll calc you later yeah but Uh, yeah the 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 show just they just did it. i mean the writing was great but the casting was just perfect for all these small throwaway roles because you know that that accounting role is a stupid thing, but the guy does it so makes it so funny that it works better. Yeah, he was. Per, I mean, he was kind of like uh, the Stephen Root character in Office Space a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. He was very good at playing pathetic and uh, well, and John Glazer, of course, was was great oh, yeah. in his role. Yeah, and, and that's a bigger role, but that he was really good as a as a <laughs> a dick. Yeah, and and it's it's funny how they turn that character around. To, I mean, he's never likable by the rest of the cast, but that he thinks that he's their best, their best friend, <laughs> yeah. was really funny. And well, they 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 turn this character who's who's really a, a, a huge, not a not a nice person, but he, they gave him enough vulnerability that you can kind of kind of sort of like him by the end of the show. And I think that was neat. Yeah, and uh, oh well, of course, uh, Jason Manzukas who plays. Basically the same douchebag asshole in everything he does, um, but he was really good as as the uh, rich mogul dude as well. 
It's the same the same character, just different levels of psychosis. Yes, exactly. But he's he's super good at playing that. So yes. I can see why they keep casting him. Uh, Nick Kroll as the douche. <laughs> I really like. Here's what I really liked about him. He would say the the incredibly offensive frat boy, just dumb, misogynistic, whatever crap. But then he would always follow it up with something like totally sincere. He's like, okay, well, look at my resume because uh, I've got a lot of things. <laughs> I thought that was great, too. Wasn't he, wasn't he the character that went to Sarah Lawrence? <laughs> yes, he did. Yeah. Which is perfect. And then uh, his partner was funny, too. Matt, I think Matt Besser. Matt Besser, Tyra. yeah. 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 They, they, that was early on that those two came on. That, yeah. I mean, that, it was... I think that was what we've been talking about. Parks and Rec is as long as it's been on, it's it's very similar to The Simpsons in, in that they've created this town of funny, funny characters. Yeah, you've got the uh, the weird tattooed guy who shows up at all the town hall meetings and just says inane, uh, crazy shit. The animal control guys. Yeah, yeah, Harris Whittle's one of them. And whoever the other uh, the other guy is, I yeah, know, he's another writer. That that black dude, right? But he, yeah, and he's been in a. Lo- I see him in bit parts and a lot of stuff. He's really good. Oh, I didn't know. I've never seen him in anything else. But yeah, he's very funny. Yeah, just every episode you and there's like the prudish uh, wife with her with her, her husband, completely gay husband. <laughs> yes, who are totally against anything remotely sexual. And the reporter who is kind of a seemed in the beginning to be kind of like a sane person, but eventually was not. Uh, <laughs> I forget her name, Shannon Mole Twist or something like that. Yeah, it's just a show filled with fun characters, and the actors and actresses who played the characters are always did an excellent job. Ca- yeah, casting was perfect on this show, I think. I mean, to me, and this is not to take away from him or anything, because I think he was fine too, but like the weakest link on the show to me was Aziz Ansari, just because I, his character was um, kind of more unlikable than than any of the other characters. Even yeah. even like Jean Ralphio and stuff, who was so over the top that you had to like him. But <laughs> yeah, well, they they kept giving Tom these things, having Tom do these terrible things that made it hard to like. Uh, it was only recently they would take back from it. like he he took over Leslie's campaign speech to sell his company and then. Right, the reason he was, was his company was fal- faltering, so she would forgive him, but you're still kind of like, well, was, who cares? It was a dick move. Yeah, he was very self-involved and would ignore his friend's needs a lot, so yeah. 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 Um, but I think in the end, they, he was still a fun character, but I agree with you. Of, of the main cast, he was probably the least likable. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, Aziz Ansari was very funny, so it's nothing about him. No, yeah, exactly. That's Yeah, that's what I meant. Um, and... And uh, but yeah, I, we haven't talked about, him, but there, I, I guess you don't have to. Nick Offerman was just well, yeah. I think I think he's the the iconic TV character that came out of this show that is that is like the the JJ Walker or whatever, you know. <laughs> I wonder what he'll do next. I guess he'll just get bit roles in movies. I I, I can't imagine him getting a show or anything. I don't. Yeah, know. no. I I mean he's. He's just so good at that character. He does do the voice of Axe Cop on that animated uh, thing. I know. So I didn't know that. I haven't seen that. But but actually, kind of similar to Bob Newhart with the uh, with just the deadpan. Yeah. 
<laughs> but not similar in that he was not a sane character. No, he's not sane at all. <laughs> I guess Adam Scott would be the closest to the sane character. Yeah, because Leslie's still a little too neurotic and yeah, too frantic and too too actually too positive, too thinking. And I mean, obviously she became president, so she was right, but just too ambitious. Yes, to yeah, real too, life. Too much into her job, and and yeah, but. I mean, uh, Anne was also a same character, but they, I think that's what, uh, another thing I liked about Parks and Rec is that they mix things up. So the same characters were crazy sometimes like Adam Scott, when he lost his job and he did, he did this stop motion animation. He was really proud of it yeah. and ended up lasting two seconds and he'd spent weeks on it. Yeah. So, yeah, so even though he was the closest thing to sanity, he still was not sane. But that totally fit his character as well. Like, yes. that's that exactly what he would do when he lost his job. Um, and on the first, I think the first Treat Yourself episode, didn't he yes. get a Darth Vader suit? Batman outfit. Batman outfit, that's what it was. And he was weeping. <laughs> he was weeping as he wore it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this was a, in the, this episode, it did a great job of wrapping things up in a really positive manner and then once they they went to the the edge and made it a little bit cheesy they railed it back there's a a scene where leslie nope had become governor and she gave a speech in front of the graduating class of iu and then she goes to sit down and the president of the university comes out we love you so much we're gonna honor you and then it's like this is ridiculous and then honor you by naming the library after you and it's like it's like a, a library yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they do a Come call on. back to a joke that's been on the show the whole time and it's just a <laughs> fucking library well i love we didn't even mention really we kind of touched on it um this episode uh takes everybody far into the future all yes. the characters yes. um to see how they end up and the the one i really loved was billy eichner and his um and his gay boyfriend who, uh, but just even, even in the future as an old man, he starts <laughs> screaming like, like a maniac. <laughs> that was a great, I thought that was really funny, but when I rewatched the episode, I was like, well, why did he get to go in the future? He really wasn't an important part of the cast. He was only in it for a couple seasons. No, but it was worth it to hear him yeah. screaming. <laughs> yeah. It was worth it for that. And it was worth it to see that that Ron Swanson became that hairdresser. I forget his name. It's a funny name. <laughs> yeah. His best man after, after being introduced to him by, by Donna. Yeah. Which he was against completely yeah. <laughs> going to some shishi hair salon. <laughs> but what, wait, what was his line? Tell me more about how Europe's terrible or whatever. Yes. <laughs> he totally bonded. That was, that was not this episode. That was the episode previously. But oh, it, was it? Okay. It, okay. Yeah, that was, I was in two funerals because Bill Murray died and then his his barber died. Or I don't know if that. Was oh right, his barber died. Yeah. But uh, this the setup to that joke was in that episode, but the joke punchline was this: where he's the best man. Yeah. Well, but and, yeah, and the other thing about this episode, it was how it was a very feminist look at things. Like April was was on the fence about having a baby, but her husband was the one that was like really maternal and really wanted kids and and leslie's speech about it doesn't if you want to do that that's fine but you don't have to do it i think i mean this entire season of parks and rec i guess the entire run but this season especially was a very i was gonna say this season was very feminist very very much so the the only misstep i thought although still worth saying like when leslie was uh giving the speech at the new construction site where she's like don't you know don't ask me how i'm gonna manage family and children that's a stupid question next i was like yeah that's a little a little on the nose um but 
but it's still it's something not, that I hasn't been said I didn't on think TV on before. I, I thought that was perfect for how that episode was. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure I understand what you mean. Well, I, I've just been reading so much about that, I guess, in the in the media about uh, about uh, Hollywood stars complaining about that's how the question that's the question oh, they get. Oh, at, I see. I see yeah, yeah, saying. where so, where the men don't get asked that kind of crap. Yeah, um, well, I guess I mean that, I didn't know Hollywood stars. Oh, are you mean like when they're on the like on the red carpet or just being interviewed for press junkets? What you're wearing? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, anyway, guess... it's worth saying on a national TV show for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it was really after that where uh, she says that, and then she said men's rights. When did she say you're worthless or yeah. have no point? It, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> So that was uh, that was yeah that was a especially feminist episode. I mean that was non subtle. I thought this one was a little bit. That's more what subtle. I'm saying. Yeah, it was it was yeah. not so subtle on that. And this one was more subtle and it was really and and then with uh, with Ben Wyatt giving up his his chance to run for governor because he knew that her passion for it was greater. Yes. Yeah. And it was not about. It was not about that she was a woman or he was a man. It wasn't anything to do with that, but that is still a feminist message. Right. Yes, no, it was. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't about ego for him. It was just like he loved this person and he knew. Yeah, and it's like she was willing to let it go to chance and he was willing to not let it go to chance. So they both did their own – because that was a huge sacrifice for her to let it go to chance. And then he's like, she's willing to do that. I'm willing to go one step further. Well, and that's another, another, like, old-fashioned – in a way, but, uh, but very cool thing about the show is like the relationships, the, the romantic relationships between these people, they're adult romantic relationships, even April and Andy, like April cares about Andy and loves him and he loves her. It's very obvious with her. It's less obvious because she's, she's so, you know, snarky all the time, but like it comes right, through. But that's that the one thing, the one thing she does care about. She is does. Him. Yeah. And it's, it's really and cool champion. to see. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. they even tried to do that with Tom at the end, you know, with his with his new wife. Um, but yeah, but she she wasn't in the final episode, was she? I thought she was, was she? but I haven't I didn't watch it since it was on. So you could I forget because right. I'm I'm forgetting what his future was. Oh, right. She wasn't it. I forgot his 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 future was success with because of failure. Yes. He failed and then <laughs> wrote yeah. a book on how to be a <laughs> yeah, failure. Funny. <laughs> Yeah, the the, the future uh, viewings of everybody were really good. I mean, it was really it really fit everybody's character. I mean, you had Jerry with this huge family, and he was the mayor for life of, of Pawnee, and it was just so sweet how they had that. But they still, like I say, every time they get they came t- close to getting too sappy, they would have a good joke. Like they pulled it back spun- and yeah, added humor. Spelling his name wrong on on the great the, the tombstone tombstone and Leslie's like that's only Jerry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but that was a funny scene as well because everybody was super old, but Christy Christy Brinkley looked exactly yeah. the same. <laughs> yes, she looks as <laughs> she looks fantastic. <laughs> Leslie's like I know. <laughs> and I like that they they didn't say she became president, but they made it pretty clear clear that one of the two became president. Yeah, yeah. No, it was extremely well done, and and one of the better season finales or series I a finales. Lot, a lot of fun watching the show, and I don't use Twitter a lot because I I just forget it exists. But I had a lot of fun watching the show 
and because usually I, when I watch a show, I'm watching it not in real time and I'm skipping the commercials, but I just wanted to watch the show. So I was watching it in real time. So I would look at on, on, on Twitter during the commercials and it was a lot of fun watching other people talk about the show. Like the Amy Poehler started that organization with, I forget like Jen miles. There's a, a like a few different people. She started the smart girls organization with where it's yes, yes. in real life. Yeah. 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 Encouraging uh, uh, girls in, in school to, to get into the STEM stuff and just be intelligent. Anyway, it's a great organization, and um, on Twitter, they were retweeting everything, and it was like, thank you, Leslie Nope, I'm going to do this. You inspired me to do this. And it was just so sweet and inspiring to see all this while I'm watching a funny show. So, yeah, yeah. Good use of social media, smart girls. Yeah, no, it's it was a, it was one of the all-time great shows and, and a really excellent finale. I, I can't think of any way they could have done it better. No, I yeah, I don't. I would have liked Mark Brandanowicz to be an episode during the final season, but oh well. I don't. Yeah, think that's you. That's not me. <laughs> I don't think he wanted to come back anyway. So, <laughs> uh, they, and I like that they they didn't do it in the final season, but that's okay because Greg Pakitis did come back once last season, and it was awesome. Well, and obviously they had to bring back Rashida Jones and Rob Lowe for this episode. Oh my God! And it was so it was. I mean, I, you knew it was coming, but it was so sweet how they did it. I mean, I almost cried. It was. Well, just, it seemed like Amy Poehler's tears were real yeah. in that scene. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so sweet where they, she comes in and everybody else doesn't matter because <laughs> Anne yeah. is there. <laughs> and then and, uh, her reaction to uh, the, their kids getting together was just awesome. Yeah, yeah they're trying to set their kids up. <laughs> and uh, Amy you, Poehler's just giving the thumbs up and <laughs> Amy Poehler's telling Rashida Jones, you should ban them from hanging out that way. They'll really want to be together. <laughs> the, the, uh, the one thing I wanted to say about Rob Lowe was that it's one of those weird things where, um, like my wife, um, for some <laughs> reason makes me laugh every time him saying literally, no matter how many times he does it, it's hilarious to me. <laughs> And I don't know where that comes from. Like, is that something Rob Lowe thought would be funny, or did they tell him to pronounce it like that? I'd love <laughs> Who to knows? Know. It's it, it's a credit to him either way. Yeah, well, yeah, it's how he carries it out is the important thing, but it, it is such a funny thing. Yeah, that's. I mean, we didn't even talk about Rob Lowe. That was a perfect casting choice for that character. He works so well. The Rob Lowe, Rob Lowe and Adam Scott coming on saved the show in, in so many different ways. Yeah, like I said, I don't think there was ever any kind of misstep in casting. They seem to nail every single role. Yeah, yeah, I just... I, I I think the show would still have been funny if they didn't come on, but I think they were so much funnier. And I'm imagining that ro- the presence of Rob Lowe probably brought viewers in that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, well, and, and, Sorry, He go probably ahead. got paid more than everybody else, too. I would imagine, after that sex tape... <laughs> another another secondary character who came in late but who I also thought was great was Leslie's campaign manager and her her oh, disgust right. of kit with kids. Oh my and... <laughs> god, she was funny in this fun. I mean, she was funny the whole way through. She came in originally as Paul Rudd's campaign manager. <laughs> right. Who when also was... made an appearance. Yes. Yeah. Yes. To be the mayor. But that was that wasn't this episode. That was no, a, yeah, that was an earlier one. This what's season, the but. is Catherine Hahn? Is that her name? The campaign manager? I, I don't know. I don't know. I think so. I think maybe she was on Saturday Night Live in a year that I didn't watch, but I think that's her name. Yeah, Catherine Hahn. She's very funny in other things too. But uh, 
this this season of of Parks and Rec, I think, was her funniest with the kids stuff. Where the first one, she's like, "What was that? It was so big, and it was just a kid running around." The next episode, she's wearing a uh, like a rain slicker. A slicker, yeah. <laughs> so she... uh, yeah. Yeah. This is. Uh, I know this this podcast episode has been a very Chris full of Farley. love. Chris Farley, remember when? But it. It really is hard to talk about this without saying "Remember when?" How great such and such was, because I think we both like this. Eventually, we both like this show. I think this season, especially, Parks and Rec was the funniest thing on TV. The only my only problem with this season is I wish it had been longer. But yeah, you well, know, no, and that's a problem. But maybe it isn't. Maybe if it was longer, it wouldn't have been as funny. It w- yeah, I mean, it, the whole season was great, so I can't. I can't complain too much. If but. they had made it longer, maybe they would have made the feud between Leslie and Ron last longer. Draw maybe. out, yeah, which which made me uncomfortable. I just didn't. I wanted them to be friends, so yeah, yeah. yeah. And when they did it, it was great. And the, maybe there would have been more grizzle, which I mean that wouldn't have been bad because I, I like that guy. The guy from Workaholics is funny, but it, they it might have been too much. But anyway, I agree. I wish there was more, but I'm glad they. It's amazing because the show had mediocre ratings throughout its run, so it's it's kind of it's. I don't know if it's because Amy Poehler is popular or what, but they gave him a whole hour hour for a finale, which I was amazed by. Well, yeah, I it it did have mediocre ratings, but I also think like I think in some cases networks recognize that a show has a devout following, even yeah. if it's small, and they and so they're willing to. I mean, I was thinking the same thing while we were watching Homicide, which lasted seven seasons and was never big at all, you know. Yeah, that was that was only extended because of the critical acclaim. Yeah, yeah. That, but that I think this had critical acclaim as well. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that that is a part of why they did that. You're right because I guess the network people all like to have the well, we have have prestige shows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess every network but Fox because Fox had <laughs> right getting rid of the rest of development. <laughs> so yeah, I uh, I don't know. I guess Brooklyn Nine Nine takes the takes the mantle. Yeah, I think so for network sitcoms. I don't there's nothing else as good. Well, there's always the odd couple. Yeah, which we're going to do on an upcoming episode. Uh, I I haven't seen it yet, but I like Tom Lennon. Um I don't necessarily like the projects he gets involved with, but we'll see how this one works. Wait, so <laughs> it's Tom Lennon and Matthew Perry. Matthew Perry, right. Okay. And they have um I forget her name, the woman from Community the the black woman. Oh, yeah, I don't know her name either. She's in it, and Dave Foley. Oh, Dave Foley, always always good. Great cast, is what I'm saying. There's actually other funny people whose names I don't know. So yeah. Uh, Marty Feldman. Yep. Awesome. As the ghost. So when I say that's going to take over for Parks and Rec, I'm not I'm not telling the truth because there's. There's no way that show would take over Parks and Rec. Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um, well, they do I, have the same pedigree to some extent. How so? Isn't Mike Schur, uh Brooklyn Nine Nine? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about a couple, and I didn't know what. You oh were no, about. sorry. I was yeah, Mike Schur and Chelsea Peretti. Chelsea Peretti, and I think the other. There's another guy that helped create Brooklyn Nine Nine that I think also came from Parks and Rec. Uh, yeah. Don, Don, Dan Gore, and. Uh, and also the fact that Adam Sandler comes for Saturday Night Live and Amy Poehler came Andy right Sandberg. from Live. What did I say? Adam, Adam Sandler. I, I don't know why. Yeah, he's Andy one Sandberg. of your top ten SNL people. <laughs> oh, here's a great thing to do. There's um, 
Modern Family has just this year had an episode with um, I forget Ed O'Neill's sister-in-law visiting, and it's played by the the lady who plays the like the badass detective on Brooklyn Nine Nine. Watch those episodes back to back, and I think you'll see oh, that she's awesome. Yeah, yeah, she plays Sophia Vergara's uh, sister. Yeah, she was yeah. on an earlier episode as well. Yeah, yeah. it's just that it's so recent that it's easy to compare the two. It was like the same night I watched both episodes. Like this was an awesome thing to do because it's so funny. Yeah, from what I read, she's like a classically like Shakespearean trained actor from like another country. Oh, I don't know. I don't know that she's from another country, but um, it seems kind of racist of you to assume that. Well, <laughs> she does the accent well. She did, No, she does do the accent well. And she's from Argentina, so I'm not racist. I just looked it up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, she, yeah, so I, yes, yeah, well, I guess she went to Yale. She was, she's very, she's a very good, good comic actress, and I guess she's a good regular actress, too. Yeah, no, she, I, yeah she went to Yale theater but she went to another college doesn't to, matter to bring it back to brooklyn 99 well not back to but to keep talking about brooklyn 99 um like i'd i'd said before at first i thought maybe the weakest weakest link was the one who played oh what is the woman's name god damn it it's not santiago is the one we're talking about right it's the other the main the main woman who adam sandberg had a crush on yeah that's santiago that is santiago okay yeah I love her on this show yeah. now. Like she's oh, fucking dude, great. I, I never didn't like her. I forgot that you thought she was the weakest link. Yeah, she's great. Well, because she plays such the straight goody goody on it. It was. Yeah, I but think it, maybe I, it was the character that I, I was guess like. As, as it goes on, the goody goody gets even. It just gets funnier and funnier. So yeah, yeah, she's amazing on that show. So I'm surprised she hasn't been nominated for anything. But I don't know if there's there is a weak link now on that show. I think no, I don't. I, I agree. I think the only thing it doesn't have that Parks and Rec had was the warmth between the characters, but I think that's starting to grow. It is, yeah. Um, and and uh, and Andre Brower, especially after watching Homicide, I'm just like, this dude, <laughs> this dude's a genius, man. <laughs> and it's funny they got Kira Sedgwick in this season to play her. his nemesis, and because she's from like I don't know her from comedy before this, but she's very funny in this. Yeah, and it's good to, for him to have a foil. Yeah, <laughs> to show his like petty side. So I, uh, I, I look forward to seeing who's going to be guest stars as the season goes on. Yeah, because they they've they've just like Parks and Rec, they've done a good job having interesting, funny guest stars. Yeah, I loved. Uh, I love. Oh fuck! See, why can't I think of anybody's names? Dude from the office, Daryl from the office. Yes, the, as, the Craig Robinson as the the Pontiac Bandit was. Very yeah, fun. who's been on twice now? He's great. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, should we just go on to recommendations? Asians, 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 Asians. Yes, 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 yes. All right, I'll go first. So uh, you kind of obliquely mentioned it before when you uh, recommended Donald Westlake, but I'm going to go with his alter ego, Richard Stark, and the Parker novels. Um, I'm reading one currently, and one thing I like about it, first of all, it's it's later period, like 60s and 70s, um, like hard-boiled fiction, but it's not really detective fiction because the protagonist is a thief, so it's from the criminal side, which I, I think is a really cool way to twist that. Yeah, not only is he a thief, but he doesn't really have a conscience. He has no conscience, yeah. He and uh and 
they're super easy to read. Like you can read a novel in two days if you want, um, which is which is cool. But it's good genre fiction, and and like beyond that point, I don't know. And and it it's probably just my own ignorance. I don't know who is writing good like in the hard boiled style nowadays. Yeah, I don't either. I recently I, so I think that the last week or whenever it was where I recommended Westlake and I recommended that uh that imprint, I think there must be some of those guys must be doing genre stuff and I, I feel like I should look into that to see who's good. Yeah. That's well, all what I'd was like. the name of the imprint again? Because I didn't write it down and I totally want to check out their their stuff. Let me see. You know how I can find out is by looking at our webpage. Oh, yeah. Because I wrote it down there. Which everybody should do. Because it's yeah. chock full of uh, the exact shit you heard right on this show. Yes, so. but it's in a much easier format because you don't have to listen to the the great of our terrible voices. True. You can just read it in our terrible voices. Yeah, well, it. yeah, it'll still pop up in your head. And that was... Uh, I, the one writer I guess is famous. Have you read anything by um, Ariel Winter? Nope, I have not, but that I know the name. The one of the writers that's on that imprint recently, and then there's um. Anyway, let's see. Ariel oh. Winter. That's a good another good one. I can just look up and see. Hard case crimes. Hard case crimes. Okay, I yeah, I really really want to check out their their list so and it's it's interesting how they i mean i talked about it before but i just i think it's kind of neat how they're bringing back the the ter- they're exploitive but it, they're still kind of neat the artwork of the old pulp novels oh no them. i love that I, I mean back in the i think late 80s early 90s um who vintage put out like a i think it was black lizard imprint um and they like redid a bunch of like Jim Thompson stuff and and other stuff like that and they did the same kind of kind of covers like the old school you know yeah and and this this one's neat because it's they they are bringing stuff back like i guess this Lawrence Block is probably an old Lawrence Block and they're bringing back old West Lakes and stuff like that but then they're mixing stuff like Ariel Winter in that's new so that's that's kind of neat okay hard case hard case crimes cool crime uh, my recommendation is also a book, but another genre called sci-fi. Isaac Asimov's Foundation series. Oh, supposed um, to be great. Never read it. Yeah, I had never. I always thought it would. I was too stupid for it. But um, it's not that bad. It's not that hard to read. It's. I guess he wrote it in stages. The the Foundation series itself is the like the first book he wrote way back when he was a kid, and that was like one of the first popular things he wrote. And then later. He he came back and wrote other things. I've only read up to Foundation. There's I think six in the series, and I'm only halfway through. But he he went in the 80s. He went back and wrote wrote two prequels that kind of fills things in. the The Foundation book itself is a lot of world building. You don't really meet you meet a bunch of different characters, but you don't follow one character all the way through. And it's it's all based on this psycho history, which is a, a science that's created by Harry Seldon, which is able to to predict how the galaxy is going to commence based on uh formulas that that what is happening today and he, he took years and years to put it all together and that's anyway that's what this book is about the foundation is following his teachings to go further like his his science to go further and the prequels write about what harry selden was like when he was when, when he was younger and how he he got into the position to create the foundation it's and i i don't think i would have enjoyed the found enjoyed the foundation book as much without the prequels where i got an insight into 
individual characters that made it things up. So, so did you it, read the prequels first? I did read the prequels okay, first. I know okay. they weren't written in that order, but I read them first. Just, just yeah. I don't know. That's to how get I, a foundation. Yes, to my foundation, and it's worth it. I haven't gone all the way through, and but I, I think I've read enough to know that I'm, I'm going to like it, and I think other people would too. So okay, yes. I should check it out because, like as we said, my genre fiction of choice is hard boiled crime, and I don't know anything about sci-fi so it's like one of those things where i don't even know where to start i don't know who's shit who's good so maybe i'll, I'll start with the foundation series yeah i think that's a, a good place to start i mean it is a well asimov's fixture. a very smart dude yeah yeah so and there the reason i wanted to read it like not urgently but why i picked it now is because that hbo is supposed to make a series based oh on i heard them. yeah yeah so I thought I'd read it and then see the show if, if it becomes popular, if it's any good. It'll become popular. So that's my recommendation. And I also have, I, I was reading, I forget who it was, but there is a sci-fi author, or maybe it wasn't, maybe fantasy, but she's, she's and I don't want to do this, but I, I do think I should mix things up in my reading. She recommended take a year and read nothing written by a, a white guy. Just read like, or a, a white straight guy just reads something from other other you know other walks of life and i think that's that's something that's a very cool idea i i don't know that i would do a whole year like because i usually am reading like more than one book at a time but i would definitely mix it up like maybe one and one one and one right and not only mix it up not necessarily be a slave to like one on one or two to one or whatever but just think about it more when you're picking something, something and try to read. find yeah yeah and and look at the list of here's these uh people of color or transgender people or whatever because they just have different points of view and well, you might find something that's more interesting and it's it's not going to be the same old same old so and even just women i mean there're so many good women authors that that yeah you know, kind of get the short shrift. I think I feel like in the in the pantheon, you know. And that that uh, remind. I think next episode I will recommend a, a a woman author who's very good, and I don't think gets enough talk. So look forward to that. All right, uh, let's do the thing. Write to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail dot com. Say hello. Ask to be on the show. Give us recommendations of what to talk about. Tell us why you hate us. Like us on Facebook. Like individual episodes on Facebook. Rate us really highly on iTunes. Write a sterling review of us on iTunes. And most importantly, tell your friends to listen. Yes. And thank you for listening. That's all we have to say. This was a very, uh, not, well, I don't think we were very funny on this episode because we were kind of gushing. But yeah, it's yeah. fun to it's fun to talk about stuff we really like. So. And I, yeah, and it was, it was not on purpose that we liked both these things, but it's yeah, not I had nice. no idea with the new heart that I was going to like it. So yeah. Uh, all right. Well then, uh, until next time. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.